Hello, welcome to the Grace Life Podcast. The message you're about to hear, if diligently applied, will absolutely change your life. We're praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, thereby allowing the eyes of your understanding to be enlightened. Now let's join the service already in progress with Pastor West. Say this is my Bible. I am who it says I am. I have what it says I have. And I can do what it says I can do. Today I'm going to be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind's alert. My heart's receptive. I expect to receive. And I choose to believe that I am who it says I am. And I'll be blessed in my coming and my going. In Jesus' name, name. amen. You may be seated. Well, we want to welcome those of you here. We want to welcome those of you who are watching uh, by Facebook uh, here at Grace Life Church in Jemison, Alabama. And uh, so we're going to start a brand new series today. Hope you'll be happy about it. We're going to be in the book of Revelation. If you don't know where that's at, it's the the third book from from the very end. Very ends of the concordance, depending on how you all put together, then maps, then revelations. So uh, it's them pages that are all stuck together. That the people says that no one can understand. And uh, so, uh, <clears throat> you know, but the truth is the scripture is one third prophecy. So we ought to know something about it. I had the privilege of meeting and getting to speak with uh, Dr. Hilton Sutton, which is considered by most people in the world the foremost authority on end-time events uh, that was ever on the face of the earth. And uh, he said, I hear this in pastors all the time. This is just not my calling. All I know to tell people is we win. And, of course, that was, that was his calling. He said, that's just not good enough. Well, we know that we win, but you know, we need to know what we're going to win from because we're going to see some things that, we, that we've already won in, but we need to know what they are. So, so one-third prophecy, the whole, the whole Bible from Genesis to Revelation is one-third prophecy. So if you're going to cut that out, that's just like two people come married and you just say, you know, do you take this man, do you take this woman? You say, well, I'll take two-thirds. But one-third of what they say, I'm never going to listen to. Now, don't raise your hand because some of you think, well, I've got that already. <laughs> but don't, 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 we, we don't want to go there today. But anyway, so we need to know what Jesus deemed important. We need to know what God and the head of the church deemed important for us to know. Yeah. You know, and so it's, it's not good, and we'll look at scriptures. It's not good that we be ignorant, right? Yeah. Now, ignorant uh, is not calling something stupid. It just simply means what? Not knowing. So if you're, if you're not alert, you're not knowing, then you're not prepared for what comes above. And so during this whole time that the, uh, uh, what's been going on for the last month or so, um, you know, pressure just reveals what's already on the inside. It's the way it's always been. Uh, how, many, how many of you have something like a juicer at home? Well, you put, you know, if you put grapefruit juice in there and you put the squeeze on, you put in the blender, you know, you're, you're not going to get a, a, a tangerine taste. It's going to be grapefruit. It's not going to taste like an apple. So whatever's in this, when the squeeze comes on, that's what's going to come out. And uh, there's a lot of things in my life, so uh, we're not here to, uh, you know, throw rocks at anyone because I'm just telling you, there's a lot of things in my life that I've walked forward with God in and faced that I never faced before. And I can't say it was my best day. I can't say, that, you know, uh, maybe you might say I'm a little ashamed that I wasn't where I thought I was or where I could be. 
And so we all can grow up in the things of God, you know, in Christ, right? And so, you know, we're not, we're not trying to grow into a disciple of Christ. The problem we do that sometimes is we look at the Gospels and we see the disciples and we try to attain to, to, to the disciples. Well, that is not your measuring mark. The measuring mark is Jesus Christ, Ephesians 4, said that we are called, that, the, that God gave a fivefold ministry, gave him his gifts to perfect the saints, to do the work of the ministry, and, and to the fullness of the stature of what? Not the Apostle Paul. So the Apostle Paul never told you to follow him. He said, follow me if I'm following Christ. But if I don't follow Christ, he said, quit following me. Amen. 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 I, I, I've always said it this way. Paul never pointed you to his book table. Amen. He wow. said, follow me as I follow Christ. And I'll tell you, if we follow Christ, we're going to be in a good place and there's nothing to fear. I said, there's nothing Amen. to fear. Amen. So I don't know exactly how this is going to go. So y'all have to bear with me today. So it'd be no, uh, it'd be no mystery to y'all that uh, I haven't taken on Revelation in a bigger way, but we're going to do today. So uh, I came here. I've been preparing for this for weeks, and I came this morning in a rush, and I forgot all of my notes. <laughs> and I rushed back home because it would have been a revelation. I'm telling you, <laughs> it would have. <laughs> you want to see a move of God? That would have been a sure enough move of God. Amen. Amen. So we're going to cover a lot of ground today. Uh, this is going to be a very inspirational message. If you go to Revelation chapter 1, this is just prefacing what we're going to talk about today. And uh, <clears throat> although we won't get into the book of Revelation a whole lot, but we're going to talk about the, pre the pre-trib. Now, some people, uh, you understand that people don't agree on all kinds of stuff. Some people say that we're going to be, we're going to go through the tribulation. There's people who believe that we're in the tribulation right now. Uh, I listened to someone, they said they believe that we were in the millennium right now. If this is the millennium, take me out of it. <laughs> Just, I, I don't want that. I don't want a thousand more years of this right here. Do you? Just go ahead and shoot me and just let me, you know, just those who believe that you just, you lived your life, it's all over. I, if a million years of this, take me out of this. But, uh, but we're going to find out what God says. We're going to find out what the word says. And if we find out what the word says, we're in good shape. So Revelation is not a book to be scared of. And people say, well, you can't understand it. Well, <clears throat> they say it's full of types and shadows. It is. And it, and it does take a lot of study. It, 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 takes, it takes simply, it takes the Holy Spirit to help you to understand. Amen. And so Hilton Sutton told me one time, I asked him about some things. And uh, uh, one was a joke. And because uh, there's, a, there's a scripture in Revelation that says there, there's a place, I forget what the chapter is, that there is a time of 30 minutes of silence in heaven. And, he, and I asked him, I said, do you know what that means? And he, and he says, uh, well, he says, Hilton Sutton said, I really don't. He said, I have speculation, but I don't teach speculation. And uh, I said, he said, he said, do you have any idea? Hilton Sutton asked me, do I have any ideas what it means? I said, I can tell you what I heard Pastor Osteen say one time, John Osteen. He said, what that? He said he thought that the women would go, or the men would go to heaven first before the women, and there would be 30 minutes of silence before <laughs> we brought the female race up. <laughs> And Hilton Sutton, boy, he said, I love John, but he's wrong. <laughs> so uh, uh, you all have to help me today as we're going to go. Um, we won't be able to turn to all scriptures, but I'm going to give you references because I'm not here to teach you my opinion of anything. I'm going to give you a lot of references, but for sake of time, um, we're not going to keep you here until Jesus returns. <laughs> but look, we're not having Sunday school. Uh, we're not having Sunday night. We haven't been, we haven't been meeting on Wednesday, so... Uh, if you need to go, you go, but I'm going I'm to do what I'm called here to do. Uh, this is not the secret friendly church. My job is not to get you out of here in 20 minutes. 
So I make no apologies for it, but, we, but I'm not here to, uh, to do it all today. And uh, I've only got 18 pages of notes. But, it, but I, I'm going I'm to stay with my notes. Revelation chapter 1, verse 1. So this is the, uh, now this is from the Passion Translation that I'm reading from. We're just going to read a few verses. It says, this is the unveiling of Jesus Christ. I think the King James said, this is the revelation of Jesus Christ. But this is the unveiling, this book is, of Jesus Christ. So this is what Kilton Sutton, he said, you know, he said, uh, it's funny that God wrote a book that no one can understand, and he named it Revelation. You know, conceal it to where we can't understand it. And what's the name of the book? Revealing. (laughs) That's a clue. So uh, this book is the unveiling of Jesus Christ who gave gave him to share with his loving servants, which must uh, occur swiftly. He signified by sending his angel to his loving servant, John. And he says, I, John, bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, and, and uh, verse 3, when we finish, a joyous blessing rests upon those who read this book or who reads this message. So we, we don't know of another book in the Bible. Actually, the footnotes here in the Passion tells us happiness to the one who reads the book. It says the book this is the footnotes in the Passion of that verse. The book of Revelation is the only book in the Bible that promises a rich blessing to those who read it and obey what it states. So... <clears throat> You're going to get blessed today just if, if we just read it. You know, he didn't even say if you read it and understand it. He said, if you just read the book and get all the way to the book of maps, he says, you're blessed. You say, well, I don't know what all them dragon and the horns and them beasts and the pale horse and the white horse. The guy was, had, had a suntan and the guy looked like a skunk with the, you know, and had the stripe down his back and all that and Gog and Magog and who all those Gog brothers are. You say, I think that's some of my first cousins. It probably is. But anyway. He just said, all we've got to do to be blessed is read it. Amen. But he's, but he's going to help us in a big way today. So I'm going to start right here with where we are. Now, uh, sir, our goal today, we're, we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to give absolute proof from the Word of God. You're going to have to have help to misunderstand this. And, of course, there's a lot of help out there. But you're going to have to help, you're going to have, to have a lot of help to believe that you're going to go through the rapture that you're going to be here for a seven-year tribulation. So that's all we're going to do today is we're going to talk about uh, the, the, the pre, not the post, tribulation facts of the rapture of the church. And uh, so people start saying, well, the word rapture is not even in the Bible. Shazam, we know that. But see, <clears throat> you know, Jesus read for the King James, Right. No, he didn't. <laughs> Y'all look at me like, don't say amen. Anyway, no, he didn't read for the King James. But the word rapture, and we know, does not appear in this Bible because the Bible was not written in English. How many of y'all know that? Yeah. Amen. So when you watch the Passion of Christ, when they were speaking in English, that's not really what was happening that day. They just, you know, Mel Gibson wanted to sell the movie, so he couldn't. Yeah, so, so but the, however, the meaning is derived from the Latin, and the Latin word is rapture. And rapture simply means caught up. It has other definitions, but, but rapture means caught up. So the Bible was written Latin, translated into Greek, right? It's Greek. And the word used in the Greek is harpazo. Harpazo. Meaning in that word, in the Greek, you can look all this up. It means to seize upon by force or to snatch up or to be caught up. Yeah. 
So when Jesus comes, he's going to snatch you up. Now, I'm not talking like my grandmama did, snatch you up, beat the fire out of you. I'm talking about he's going to snatch you up and get you out of here before there's trouble. Amen. So the rapture of the church is called the coming of the Lord. How many of y'all looking forward to the, the coming of the Lord? Anyone's feelings be hurt if he just go, goes ahead and does it today? How about I just preached about 1230 and we just have lunch with him? I don't know what you's going to have, but it'll, oh, it'll far surpass it. Hallelujah. How many of y'all looking forward to having carbs in heaven? No one counting calories. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You can't, and you can't go in and say, my doctor said, Dr. Who? Amen. And so uh, the catching is called the catching, the catching away of the Lord. So the rapture of the church, once again, is the catching of the Lord. But it should never be confused with the second coming of Christ. Now, now, so here, here's what happens is there's many scriptures that talk about the rapture and the second coming and where we confuse ourselves and where ministers have, I, I know not on purpose, but just didn't understand themselves. They've, they've mixed two events together. And so when we mix the two events together, then we're always going to come, you know, with the wrong analogy and we're going to get the timeline off. So here's what you got to know. Nothing has to happen for the rapture to take place. Now, I don't know what these are, so I'm just, uh, the foremost authorities of those in our lifetime who taught the prophetical, who taught prophecy in the, the rapture of the church said there were some things that had to be fulfilled, and those were fulfilled, some in the, in the early 80s and some in the mid-80s, and there's nothing else that has to be fulfilled. Now, I don't even know about that. I'm just throwing that in. I don't even know who these three foremost authorities are, but that's, they said these things have to happen and there's nothing has to happen. So the next event to take place before Jesus comes to catch you away is going to be called the rapture. And the rapture has no signs to it. It has signals, and we can look at the signals, but the signals is not for the rapture. It's for the second coming. So nothing has to happen for Jesus to come. He can come before we get through, which would be really fine with me. We'll, we'll, we'll start to get page four and says, I'm going to say, told, told y'all real quick on the way up. So here we go. Y'all ready? Yeah. All right. So, <clears throat> so we don't want to confuse the rapture with the second coming. And so at the rapture of Christ, when he comes, he's, he does not come to the earth. He doesn't come. He doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't put his... His, uh, his feet on, on the ground, we go to be with him in the air, don't we? The Bible says in the dead and the living saints and those who rise together to meet the Lord in the air. Now, now, I do want you to turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. These are wonderful scriptures. Today is going to be a day of great blessing uh, because if there's any fear, all fear will be gone. If you're born again, if you're not born again, you ought to be real scared. <laughs> or now about you could be scared. But I think everyone here is born again. Now, you understand we're talking to an audience and we don't know who we're talking to on Facebook. Beyond that, we do an audio format where we speak to about 40 nations. And so when I'm ministering, I'm ministering always in my mind. We're ministering to many, many countries of people who may not know Jesus, as you know. So our audience is bigger than that. Uh, we've been doing this for uh, about two or three years now. Our county, Chilton County, has about 40,000 people in there. But our listing audience is more than 40,000. So 
we're talking to a lot of people. So we're going we're, we're gonna to talk to those who are born again. And we're talking to people in different countries who don't know Jesus. And so we want to make it, we wanna make it uh, advantageous for everyone. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 through 17. Here we go. Verse 13. He said, I would not have you to be ignorant. It's not God's will. But concerning them which are asleep, those who have died, he says, sorrow not. Sorrow not. Not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, so them which also sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto those by the word of the Lord, that, they, that, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall prevent, not prevent them, not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall arise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be what? Caught up. Now, that doesn't sound like a bunker, does it, in the ground? And get you some army rations. We're what? We're caught up with him. So Christ is not coming to the earth. That is the second coming. So when the trump sounds, when the father looks over and says, go. In a twinkling of an eye, those who have, who have died, everyone who's died from the beginning of Adam to the second coming, He's going to get every little atom, every little cell, every little molecule of everyone who's ever died, whether they're in the grave, whether they got scattered seed, whether a shark ate them, you know, or, or whatever happened. He's going to pull all that together in a twinkling of an eye. Someone says, how? I don't have a clue and you don't either. And I'm not even going to think about it. That's uh, He's God and, he can, and he's going to pull this thing off in a twinkling of an eye. And the, those of us who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them. Uh, and simultaneously to meet him in the Lord. And as we go, up, we get a brand new body. How, how many of you are looking forward to a brand new spirit body? Hmm? You won't need no work. You won't need no adjustments. You won't need no surgery. You won't need any, you won't need any hair dye. And if you don't have any hair, you'll get hair. If you want hair, praise the Lord. If you want to be fat, you can be fat. Sassy, if you want to be skinny, good looking like me, now he'll probably do that if you'll ask him. There was not an amen here at all. Praise the Lord. So <clears throat> now, see, so he tells us he's going to descend with a, with a shout, with the voice of archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead and cross your eyes first. Then we which are alive shall be caught up together with the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Oh, and I love this next part. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Amen. So the next event Prophetically, the scripture is one third prophecy. The next event to take place is called the rapture of the church, which could take place at any moment. If it, which means today, which means you could be with the Lord forever, starting today. Now I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm getting. I just ran to clearing back, and y'all so fast you didn't even see me leave here. Praise the Lord. So there's nothing to be afraid of, right? If you're born again, right? How many know Jesus? Yes. So it's good news. That's why the next verse says, Wherefore, scare one another with these words. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, no. Do what? Comfort. Comfort one another with these words. So if, if we were going to be here for the tribulation, which is the most horrific event that's ever going to take place for seven years, how could I comfort you with words? 
You could not comfort people if you was going to be living through the tribulation. Could not do that. Now, I'm, uh, I'm going to read some of this. I'm going to read it from the message translation. And, uh, <clears throat> and regarding the question, friends, that has come up, what happens to those already dead and buried? We don't want you in the dark any longer. First, you must not carry, out, uh, carry on over them who have gone forward or, or as if the grave were the last word. In other words, obviously, we, we, someone leaves this life whom we love. There, there can be sorrow. There can be grief. Right? Where, where does grief come from? It comes from loss. Right? The Lord had grief. The Lord, sorry, the Lord wept. But, but grief is not supposed to own your life. Huh? Not, not for a believer, because what we have the blessed hope of knowing that we'll be with them for, forever and forever. So he says, don't let grief have this place in your life, as if there's no hope. He said, the grave will not most certainly bring back to those uh, who died in, in Jesus. Then this, he says, this is verse 15, and then this, we can tell you with complete confidence, we have the master's word on it, that when the master comes again to get us, those of us who are still alive will, get a, will not get a jump on the dead, those who died previously, and leave them behind. In actual fact, they'll be ahead of us. The master himself will give the command. The archangel thunder, God's trumpet blast. He'll come down from heaven, and the dead in Christ shall rise, and they'll go first. Then the rest of us who are still alive at that time will be caught up with them in the clouds to meet the master. Oh, we'll be walking on air. This is the message translation. Then there'll be a family reunion with the master. So assure one another with these words. Now, today I'm going to give you a lot of scripture. We're not, we won't have time to turn to all of them. I'm not even going to give you time. I've got them all written down. Uh, my only point today is to say that there is a, we are, we are pre-trib, not post-trib. We are pre-trib, not post-trib. <clears throat> now, we, we know that we need at least two witnesses, and I would say in the New Covenant, you cannot have a doctrine pulling something over here and something over there. That's, that people, that's, happens all the time. You, you, know, you can't say you could put a lot of things together and try to make a doctrine, but that, that, that doesn't make doctrine. I mean, you've got to know who... Uh, doctrine is you, you, have, you have to understand who's doing the talking, and you have, you have to know who is he talking to, then you have to read it in context of, of the scriptures around it and actually the entire chapter or even the book and then it has to coincide because there's no, there's the, the whole word of God harmonizes one with another if you have the understanding of the word. So I want you to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and I'm going to, I wish we could read the whole chapter but we can't. You can do that at home but I'm going to read, I'm going to start verse 15 and I'm going to read this from the Passion Translation. Someone said, well, I don't like you doing that. Well, that's your problem. I'm going to read it from there anyway. Go home reading whatever you want to. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm a little spicy today. Praise the Lord. 1 Corinthians 15. Actually, I'm just being myself, really. But, uh, verse 50. 15. Now, this is, this is our goal today is to understand that we are the bunch that's leaving here. Yeah. Amen. Now, verse 50. Now, I tell you this, my brothers and sisters. Flesh and blood are not able to inherit God's kingdom realm, and neither will they which are decaying be able to inherit which is incorruptible. He says, now, listen, I tell you a divine mystery. Not all of us will die. 
but we'll be transformed. We'll be metamorphosed, right? And it will happen in an instant. In the twinkling of an eye, the last trump is sounded. The dead will come back to life. We will be indestructible. We'll be transformed. We'll, we will discard our, our mortal clothes and slip into a body that's imperishable. Woo! What is mortal will now be exchanged for immortality, and that which is mortal will put on immortality, and what now decays is exchanged for, for it will never decay. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Never going to need to see a dentist. Hallelujah. No plastic surgery, nothing to pump you up, pick you up, lift you up, tuck it in, cut it off. Hallelujah. Pump it up. None of that stuff. It's just all good news. Unless you go to hell and it's all bad news. (laughs) Bad news. Don't go to hell. You've got to be a moron. Reba says, you you moron. You have to be a moron to want to go to hell. And then that which is mortal puts on immortality. What now is the case exchange for never case. The scripture will be filled. The scripture will be fulfilled. Does God fulfill scripture? Has he always done it? So why would he change now? The scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in a triumph of victory. So tell me, death, where is your victory? Tell me. See, he doesn't have an answer. Tell me, death, where is your sting? It is sin that gives death its sting and the law that gives sin its power. But we thank God for giving us the victory as conquerors through our Lord Jesus Christ, the anointed one. So now, beloved ones, listen real closely, verse 56. Now, now beloved ones, stand firm, stand stable, and endure. It's, good. it's a good word for today. It is a good word. It's not a time to be afraid. Hmm? But, but yeah, but we got that Corona thing. Well, I, <clears throat> I got this, what you want to call the Word of God thing. Amen. Huh? Amen. Right. So he said, let's stand. Man, it would just be wonderful if the Bible was true, wouldn't it? Lord. Dear Lord, if the Bible was just true, it would be amazing. Amen. Amen. Well, it's true, isn't it? So we can stand firm, stand stable, and we can do, live your lives with an unshakable confidence. How many, how many are you confident? Fixed, stable, unmovable. Yeah. We know that we, oh, look here. We know that we prosper and excel in every, oh, we know that we prosper and excel in every season, even in this season, by serving the Lord, because we are assured that our union with the Lord makes our labor productive and with fruit that endures. That is amazing. Now, let's, let's give us a little bit more proof. You want a little bit more proof? How many I'm take a little bit more? Because I, I got a whole lot of more. Praise the Lord. Philippians chapter 3. You remember when Rocky was fighting uh, Apollo Creed? No, not Apollo. Uh, Mr. T. Uh, what was he called on, on the Rocky? Mr. T. He was... Uh, y'all know who I'm talking about. But the Rocky movie, you know, and, and Rocky then got a little civilized. And he got in the ring. Mr. T. Mr. T just knocked, his, you know, knocked him into the next world. You know, but, but he come back and he got his edge back. Remember Rocky fought him back again? And he won that time. And, uh, and then Mr. T, you know, here, here he is. He's getting a little winded. And Rocky said, I got more. I got more. He said, I got a whole lot of more. Yo mama, I'll tell you. <laughs> so we got, a, we got a whole lot of more to throw at you. Philippians chapter 3, 20 and 21. This is the message translation. For there's more to life than, because we're citizens of what? Heaven. 
You say, well, now I'm, I'm, from, I'm from Clanton. I'm a Clantonian. No, you're not a Clantonian. <laughs> I was born in Detroit, but believe me, I'm not a Michigan knight. Had a lead, not even looking to go there. And been there since I was 10 or 11. No, you're from heaven. If you're born again, you came out of heaven. That's your home. He says, we're riding the arrival of the Savior, the Master, Jesus Christ, who will transform. There's a metamorphosis. He's going to transform your earthly body into glorious bodies and like his own. He'll make us beautiful and whole with the same powerful skill by which he put everything as it should be under and around him. So he's telling you there's more to this life because you're the citizen of heaven. And he says, then this will happen at the arrival of the Savior, the Master. So he's coming back. He's coming back because he knows you actually you're the citizen of heaven and he's coming back. Now, here's another one that you know very well, but you can look at John 14, one, three here ago. Don't have time for you to get there. Let not your heart be troubled. Now, Jesus, these words, actually, Jesus spoke to his disciples the night before he was betrayed. And he knew it. Jesus knew exactly what was going to happen to him. And he was praying, Father, if there's another way to do this, that then this way. He said, and then let this cup pass me, but nevertheless, my, not my will, but your will be done. And here he is knowing what, what is in front of him. And he tells his disciple, but don't let your heart be troubled. If, if you're going to nail me to anything, I'm not talking to you about that. You not be in trouble. I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. But he tells them, not let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many trailer parks. And if that were not so, oh, I'm sorry. And uh, that was the uh, reverse translation. There are many what? There's a revised, but that's the reverse. There are, there are many mansions. If it were not so, he said, I would have told you. I have gone to prepare a place for you. Heaven's working on your mansion right now. Praise the Lord. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. Woo! And I will receive you unto me. He didn't say I'll come join you there. I'm going I'm to I'm receive you to me. We're going to meet him in the air. For where I am, that's where you're going to be also. <clears throat> Can I give you a little bit more proof? Absolutely. Luke chapter 21, verse 29 to 26. This time I'm reading from the Amplified. It's called the parable of the fig tree. Verse 29, here we go. Then he told them, this is the parable. He said, look at the fig tree and look at all the trees. And as soon as they put out, he said, they put out leaves, you see and you know for yourself that summer is near. So you too, when you see these things happening, know without any doubt, amplified, the kingdom of God is real near. I assure you, and I most solemnly say to you, this generation, say I'm listening. listening. Tell your neighbor, say listen up. This generation, this generation, those, those living at, the, at this definite period of the proceeding of the second coming. will not pass away with, until everything takes place. Now, I said second coming. I didn't say rapture. Second coming. Now, everyone who Jesus is talking to when he's talking about the fig tree blossoming, everyone he's talking to, the Jewish people, knows he's talking about what? He's talking to people of Israel. So there's many scriptures that talks about a flower uh, blooming in the desert. Can a nation be born in a day? Well, who is he talking about? He's talking about Israel. Israel was born in May 15th as a nation in one day, 1948. He said, 
We, we have all these things that are actually events of the second coming, not us leaving. Wars and rumors of wars, right? Earthquakes, famines. But you could take that back before you was allowed. There was famines and earthquakes and wars and people hungry and all this going on, people fighting and, you know, and all this stuff was going on forever. So you could say, well, that's been going on all my life. But the, but the main indicator is, he said, the people that are alive on the earth when they see the fig tree blossom, he said, that generation that sees that will not pass away. Uh, read to you exactly. Will not pass away until everything takes place. So Israel became a nation in one day, May 15, 1948, next month. So we got 58, 68, 78, 88, 98. 2008, 2018. So we're going to 72, 73 years. Then people, you know, all, all they got all this. You know, how long's a generation? Well, he gave us all the, the all the help. It's in the scripture. So a generation can't be over 100 years. He gave us references of Noah being a generation when he started building the ark at at 500 and. Now, I'm not, I'm not trying to get into how long did it take to build the ark because there's 15,000 different answers and you can't ever agree. So that is not my assignment. But, but to prove this, he gave Noah as a reference that he started at 500, but that, that thing didn't sail until he was 600. It didn't say it took him 100 years to build it, but that thing was, was sealed and sailed at 600. And, he, and God himself called that a generation. So this May will be the, the 73rd, second, 72nd or 73rd year of the generation that was alive when Israel became a nation. Wow. Can't go over 100 years. So do the math. you got 20-something years at the most. Yeah. He didn't say, I'll wait till the 100th year to come. So what is he doing right now? You are living in the church age. You are living in the dispensation of grace where God is not counting up your sins. He put them all on Jesus. And he's given the church time, all the time he can give them together in the harvest Nothing has to happen for Jesus to come. The next event, prophetically, if you're a student of eschatology, if you're not, let me tell you this. The next event is called the rapture of the church when he catches away. Nothing has to happen. It can happen before we can get through speaking. So the Lord's saying, quickly gather in my harvest, quickly gather in my harvest. So... The generation that sees this, he says, that will be the mark. In other words, the, 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 the calendar, the clock, the timer went click in 1948, and now the countdown has started. So we, we have to move fast. He said, heaven and earth will not pass away, but he, or heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Verse 34, be on guard so that your hearts are not weighed down and depressed with the giddiness of debauchery. And the knowledge you have self-indulgence and the worldly worries of life. And then that day when the Messiah returns will come on you suddenly as a, as a trap. Now, can I give you just a little bit more evidence? Well, let me continue reading. Verse 35 and 6. For it will come upon all those who live on the face of all the earth. Verse 36. But keep alert at all times. Be attentive and ready. Listen to this verse. Praying that you may have the strength and ability to be found worthy to escape all these things. Now, I'll get to that, but 
Pray that you be found worthy and you'll the strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and stand in the presence of the Son of Man that is coming. Now, how could you escape these things? Because they're coming. You'd have to leave here. Because they're coming here. Now, let me, let me fix this a little bit more. Because there's no condemnation of those who's in Christ. Because if you don't, you don't understand the dispensation of grace and who you are in Christ, then every time you make a mistake, you're like, Ugh. and the is going to feed you like you ain't worthy. You're not worthy, but you are worthy. The blood of Jesus made you worthy. Amen. Jesus wasn't talking to the church. He was talking to the Jews. So he's telling them, he's telling them, not the church. We don't need to pray that we're worthy. If you're not worthy, you're not ever going to be worthy. I mean, it, it, what can wash away your sins? Nothing what, but the what? Did that event take place? Did you receive him? Did you accept him? Are you in him? Are you in Christ? You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. So you, you're, you're, you're ready to escape these things. So we can see that the rapture of the church is, you could call it the great escape. But we don't want to have a great escape mentality. Like, oh, God, my rent's due Thursday. Let's go. No. God's trying to rescue people off the earth. Amen. Look, if you can get the, every atom and every cell of, of every person that ever lived in twinkling of an eye, surely he can find you $300 by Thursday. Surely he can do that. Dear Lord, if God can't do that, we just need to change God. Dear Lord, we've got a little bitty old baby God. I walked in a place the day, you know, well, not a while back, and I realized, you know, these people were of different faith, and I saw this little fat man with his belly like this, like this, and and uh, and they were putting stuff down around it. I guess he's supposed to eat it, and I'm thinking, I'm gonna stay here for a while. I want to see him eat it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was thinking, uh, I started to ask, but I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to offend anyone. I was thinking. If he don't eat that crack in a few minutes, can I have it? <laughs> I don't think he ever ate it. <laughs> huh? And, and Buddha's kind of, you ever noticed? Kind of a fat guy. My wife told me years ago, she said, she said you got a body like a god. And I said, wow, baby, that's nice. She said, yeah, Buddha. And I said... <laughs> I said, that's not very nice. <laughs> but I, I did stop, you know, when I saw the stretch marks coming along. But anyway, how uh, Colossians, can I give you a little bit more proof? Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. Uh, we want you to have some evidence, okay? Colossians 3, 1 through 4. You ready? Here we go. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are where? Above. Uh, in other words, don't, don't, don't get you back and start digging a hole. To live in the ground. Seek those things which are above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. For you are dead, and your life in, is, is hid with Christ in God. Now, here we go, verse 4. When Christ, who is your life, shall appear, you shall appear with him also, in him. When Christ shall appear, what happens to you? You shall appear with him in glory. So, Christ is not coming to the earth in the rapture. That's the second coming. 
So the rapture of the church is called the coming of the great catching away of the church. But the rapture is never called the second coming of Christ. Never, ever, ever, ever. The Lord does not come to the earth and those who have died in Christ shall rise first. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up with him and shall be caught up together with him to meet Christ in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. So we err and we confuse ourselves and others when we mix these two events and we make them one. Can, we can't do that. Now, so the scriptures that apply to one coming or one event never applies to the other. Never. Not one passage or scripture in the Bible that refers to the rapture ever applies to the second coming of Christ. And likewise, not one scripture or passage in the scripture in the, in the New Testament applies to the second coming that applied to the rapture. Right. Not one time. Now, <clears throat> I know that's not a whole lot of proof, so I want to give you at least seven more. These are seven proofs of a pre-tribulation rapture. Not, not to be argumentative. Not, I'm not here to be argumentative. Matter of fact, we've been, we've been told by the Lord not to debate people with Scripture. But we were told to have an answer. Hmm? He told us to preach the gospel to every, every creature, right? Not go around and debate people. I mean, you know, if you're right, why would you debate anyway? I mean, and there's, you know, we, we don't want to be, you know, there's two or three of us saying we know we're right. We just don't want to, you know, we want to be humble about it. Been real proud of our humility for years now, but anyway, that's a joke, y'all. Hallelujah. Uh, okay, just, <clears throat> could you take that off the live? Backwards, okay. Seven proofs of a pre-tribulation rapture. Y'all ready? In Revelations um, 4, you don't have to turn there, 1, Jesus finished describing the seven church ages that he described in Revelation 2 and 3. As soon as chapter 3 ends of Revelation 1 through 3, the word is metatata in the Greek. And if you go to Revelation chapter 4, it'll say after these things. The, the word metatata means after these things. So, Jesus described the seven churches and the seven church ages in Revelation 2 and 3. But when you start chapter 4, he uses the word meditata and he never mentions the church again in the book of Revelation. Why? Because the church isn't here. The church is not mentioned one time in Revelations after chapter 3. It's mentioned 19 times in 1 two and three, and there's no mention of the church or churches again in the book of Revelation simply because you're not here. that good news? Yes. Hallelujah. Well, I got some more, but we could quit here, I guess. Y'all want me to quit or go? No? Well, I'm going to pay him. She's running the show over here. Hallelujah. Anyone who looks that happy, I ain't, you know, y'all just have to endure. Hallelujah. She's like Pastor Bill said, he just waved the hand over the thermostat. She just answered for all y'all. Hallelujah. <clears throat> so the word church or churches is used 19 times in Revelation chapters 1 through 3, never mentioned again after chapter 3. After chapter 3, chapter 4 begins, there's not one mention again. And before uh, chapter 4, the church has mentioned this 19 times in the last three chapters. So the tribulation, the tribulation, the seven-year tribulation, which happens, what, after we're raptured, yeah. after we're caught up. 
begins in chapter 4, and the tribulation uh, to be studied is, starts from chapter 4 to chapter 19 is the tribulation. But you're not in there anywhere. So as soon as that starts, this is, this, there is no mention of the church age ever again. Ever. So the age of the church is over. The age of dispensation of grace is over. Yes. Today, he hasn't came yet. But if he comes at any moment, the dispensation of grace is over. And then what you, what you think God feels about sin, you'll find out if you're left here. Because he is coming to this earth with great wrath for those who did not receive his son. And you would not want to be here. Uh, point number three. The enthroned elders are a picture of the raptured church and they always appear in heaven and not on earth. The enthroned elders are a type or a picture of the church and you never see them anywhere but in heaven. Number four. The promise of Christ that the saints will be counted worthy to escape these things is the next point. So we are counted worthy to escape, not be here. Rapture is called a great escape. It really is. From the horrid wrath that will be poured out upon the earth when we are not present. So it, it, it's going to be two different, I mean, it's just, we're, we're going to be in heaven for seven years at the marriage supper of the Lamb, having the biggest party that heaven's been planning for 6,000 years. You, you know, some people don't want to plan. You, you think, man, I just want, I just do want to do the Holy Ghost thing. And just, Woo! Yeah, I, I love that too, but God's a great planner. I mean, if you're like me, you know, I mean, some of y'all are cultured and some of y'all like me, I, I was raised in agriculture. And you go there and you go at a formal dinner and they, they give you like 18 utensils. <laughs> and they bring the fork, course, you know. Mm. I can stab it with about any of these. <laughs> but you don't know if you use a long fork on the left or the one on the right, the one that's turned at a 45 or just like, or, you know, just like, you know. So the, this, this is going to be a cultured event. Praise the Lord. And uh, what a time of celebration with the whole body of Christ and all your family and being with all the saints of God. But here on the earth, it's going to be the most horrific, terrible, agonizing. Can't even imagine how terrible it's going to be for those who are here. But you won't be here for any of it. Because you are worthy to escape it. Is that good news? So <clears throat> this is not something that we're going to be here to fight our way through or go hide in the cave to escape. Once again, 1 Thessalonians 5, chapter 11, point number 5, we have definite promise, assuring us that the saints will escape the wrath which precedes the day of the Lord. In 1 Thessalonians 5, he said, God hath not appointed you to wrath. Oh, thank you, Lord. I mean, that, I mean, that, uh, that ought to settle it. Amen. Right? Amen. God has not appointed you to wrath, but to obtain salvation and deliverance from wrath. Now I'm reading from the Bible. It's, it's not Reader's Digest. It's, it's, it's not a, a liberal magazine I'm living from either. Believe me, I mean, it's, this is not a social magazine. And, and, but did you know, and boy, here we go. Just stop it there. The Lord's not a socialist. If the Lord was here, he would not have voted for Bernie. He wouldn't have. He wouldn't have done it. 
Oh, why do I do stuff like this? Well, here we go. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, they haven't have church, you know, even have church today. I mean, I, I don't want to have church and because people have doing feelings about it, such as this. And I, I, I'm just for people. But look, I, I got a job to do. And, and do, do you not know that this is how it works in the world? Huh? You say, well, the problem is if you have church, those who ain't comfortable coming, it kind of shows them like this and like this. Like, you know, maybe this one has faith. This one don't have faith. This one's got fear. This one don't have fear. This one has a belief. They don't have a belief. I, I, I just, to be honest, personally, I, I just can't get caught up in all that. Because it didn't work that way in school. You know, when you was taking calculus, did your calculus, they say, well, I don't really want to grade anybody because, I, because you, know, you know, someone might fail and we wouldn't want them to fail and all that kind of stuff. So we're just not going, you know, whatever. <clears throat> well, they had the NFL draft this week, right? Well, the NFL draft is going to pay you millions. Well, we, we, you know, we, we, we wouldn't want to do that, you know, because we wouldn't want someone to be, you know, come in uh, the, fifth, the 10th round instead of the third round because we wouldn't want so-and-so to feel bad or so-and-so. It's like Nick Saban, he, he took heat for getting rid of Jalen Hurts. You know, he'd only lost two games in his whole career, but someone better was on the field. But didn't you know that proved out this week? Not, it did. Because you, you, you got a guy who's put together with screws and bolts, and they hope it all works. And, and, and he signed a contract for $30 billion. And I'm, thank God, Jalen, he got a job. I'm happy for him, but he got a job as the backup quarterback for $6 million. That's a great day. Sounded like someone made a difference. That someone saw something that, that Nick Saban saw. Right? So your life doesn't work this way. Every, everywhere you go, whether, whether you're in school or whether on the job or whatever it is, people get promotions when people don't get promotions. Yeah. And there's been, like I said, plenty of times in my life where I thought I was here and I wasn't here. Most of them, you know, even as a pastor for years, you know, I mean, I started pastoring when I was barely over 30 years old. And I thought, dear God, I, I just have a good, strong uh, firm on healing and living in divine health and dear God, I mean, nothing, nothing gets me. Well, it didn't. I was, 30, I was 30 years old. Praise the Lord. I didn't even know I had a body. After 20 years, I found it. It found me. I said, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and I found out maybe, you know, it's not my strong stance on the word. Maybe I just now come to the place that I found out that I'm, I have a mortal body. So I'm saying all of us have places to grow in. So we're not here to throw stones at anyone. But my job is not to take everybody out of the room I, because I can't offend or hurt someone's feeling. I mean, it's, it's just like a train. You can't put the caboose on the front end and say, let's go somewhere. Tell the poose, giddy up. The caboose gets dragged everywhere it's going to go. The caboose never sets the direction. My job is to be the front car if I'm going to be the under-shepherd of the church to say this is where we're headed. Someone's going to have to set direction. You know, so all I'm telling you is the train's moving on, jump on. Amen. Hallelujah. We're all going to be at different places. There's nothing wrong with all that. There's nothing wrong with that, but, but we all should want to come up to a place. Look, if you're, if, if you're, if you're, if you're going to give up right here with the uh, and I know I'm making fun. Of, I'm not making fun of it because there is a real deal out there. Now, I'm not here to do conspiracies, and I, boy, I have an opinion, but I'm, that is not my job to give the opinion. Uh, something escaped. Well, okay, Hadley escaped. But anyway, it's out there. It's out there, right? But if, you, but if you're going to sign up for a vaccination for that right now, you're going to be the first one if you're here for the tribulation to take you a chip to get you some uh, toilet paper. See, people who's preached this 60 years ago, when, when we didn't have an internet, was trying to tell people about there's going to be a chip in your hand and all this kind of, you know, one in your forehead, or you're not going to, a chip in your hand? This, where did this man come from, Mars? How could you give prophecies like that when we didn't even have the internet? 
they looked like they were just not so crazy smoking crack. But people are already putting chips in it. You put chips in your dogs in case they get lost that you can find them. Hmm? I was watching the news Monday. and You can take a drone in the air and they can go over and you can't even see it. And they know if you're six foot apart and they can take your temperature from there to make sure that you're not out there doing that. And they're doing it in some of the major cities. They said, we said, get in the house. I was sitting there watching it on. Well, it couldn't have been MSNBC. I ain't never saw that. Or <laughs> it must have been Fox. <laughs> then you got to select which one of those you can watch. <laughs> I know one CNN couldn't have been that. <laughs> couldn't have been that. So anyway, I was watching, and, and it was it was showing how the drone worked, and it was measuring. It gave the measurement of how far these people were apart, and it was taking their temperature. And those who had a temperature, or those who were six foot apart, they sent police in there to write them citations from the drone who measured it from the air. So if you think that you're hiding from someone, you ain't hiding no one. That telephone can listen to anything you're saying. You've done it before. You've talked to that smartphone in your house and then you turned it on to go to the internet and the thing that you was talking about, talking about buying a barbecue grill, it started coming up. Like, oh my gosh, how'd that happen? It's just like I was wondering where to get a good price on a barbecue grill and all of a sudden, 15 minutes later, you get on your smartphone, mmm, smartphone. Hallelujah. So we have all these things. So my deal is not to know who the deep state is. Nothing wrong with knowing who they are. You say, well, I don't even believe in it. Wake up, baby. Wake up. There is one. But, but my, my understanding is to know who's behind the deep state. Who's deeper than the deep state? His name's Lucifer. See, see what I'm saying? You, you can know who all they are and you know, have an opinion. But, but what, what are you going to do with your opinion after you know? You've got to know that we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, principalities and powers. So the reason that I'm meeting, the reason that I am meeting, and you may take me off the air while I'm doing it, those who control Facebook, if you do, I'll keep on talking. So the reason I'm meeting is I'm not meeting to say that I have more faith than someone else. The reason I'm meeting is called the Constitution of the United States. You say, well, I don't want to disobey the law of the land. I want to go to Romans 13. Well, you don't understand Romans 13 at all when you say that. Romans 13 was not to tell you how to run your life. God instituted the government and he gave us this and we are a nation of laws. Thank God we got speed limits because I, you know, I don't want someone past me at 120 miles an hour. I want, when we have a red light, I want it and it tells me to go, that it tells them on the other side to stop while he goes and vice versa. But there's also a law of the land that says you can have an abortion. Are, are, are you and a Christian going to do that? Oh, well, you're supposed to obey the law of the land. Huh? Obey the law of the land. So we obey the law of the land. But when it comes contrary to this right here, so the law of the land is called the Constitution of the United States. So if I go run and hide every time they tell me to go to your house, you see what I'm saying? They're, they're silently taking away your freedom. It is called the work of socialism to take over this nation. Now, don't be, and it's called one world order. Now, and boy, I really got off my subject, but watch this. One world order don't matter because you won't be here for it. Here's the good news. There is going to be one world order. There's going to be one world order. That's, that's how you get stuff like the, this corona thing. And when this is over, and it will be over, it will be over, there's going to be something as bad or worse is going to take its place. Why? Because you're at this very little small part before Christ comes back. That's right. So everything is in place for the Antichrist to come. Now, the Bible says, here we go. The Bible says there are many antichrists. In other words, there's an antichrist spirit that's been out here forever. 
Now, if you think Satan knows who the Antichrist is, he don't know who the Antichrist is. You say, could you say that again, Gomer? He, yeah. <laughs> he, doesn't know who the, he, he doesn't know who the Antichrist is. It's like, it's, it's like an election when you've got 15 people running for president and then they've got to whittle them down. Now, uh, does Jesus know the day or the hour when, when God says come? No. The answer is no, right? So how can Satan know? Hmm? So he has to keep someone in the batting cage ready at all times. Because people said years ago, I believe it's Hitler. Hitler would have made a perfect, absolutely perfect Antichrist. And, and, and Satan probably says, yeah, I'm going to use him. The problem is Hitler died and he said, we've got to get somebody else. Because Satan is not in charge of when the rapture comes. So he has to keep someone ready, two or three at all times. But well, can you, can you see what I'm saying? He's not in charge of when the rapture comes. You don't think heaven's going to adjust what they're going to do to, because Satan says, I'm pulling this thing right now. <laughs> so when Hitler died, Satan said, like, that, that would have been, mm, that had been my guy. Well, that sucker died. So he had to go out there and say, we've we got to find somebody really stupid again. So he has to keep two or three at all times. So the spirit of Antichrist is always here and it's always with you. That's why you're seeing this thing. So if you think some kind of infection is just out here and we're just out here trying to beat something a little worse than the flu and the world's all going to get back together again, you are, you are misinformed and smoking something that's illegal. Hmm? Am I still on air? They didn't pull me off. So if you think the guy who owns this thing, Facebook, and you, you got a way to talk to the world, check him out. So your online church could be gone in like three seconds. You, you don't have a God-fearing Christian that, that owns this thing. Or YouTube. So if we just all go into our home, we ain't going to be low land. And then say, go to Psalms 91 and say, no, no plague can come nigh my dwelling. But, no, but we can't meet with y'all now. Huh? See, this is setting up for the one world order. This is socialism. So, so God is not a socialist. How, how do we know that? Because he said, I'm going to give one guy one talent, I'm going to give one five, I'm going to give one ten, and I'm going to come check on that. The guy with one, if he didn't do nothing, we know what happened to him. He took his away and gave it to the one he produced. So God didn't distribute wealth that way. Huh? Heaven won't be the same. When we get into it, it's going to be called the beam seat when we get there. We're going to talk about the millennium. We're going to talk about the second coming. We're going to talk about the rapture. We're going to, we're going to preach hell hotter than you've ever knew that it ever could be. We're going to talk about heaven. We're going to talk about all of it. But the judgment seat of Christ, you're going to be award, rewarded for that which you have done and what you were called to do. And that what you did, which was not what you was called to do or you didn't do, is going to be burned up and you have no reward for it. So God is not a socialist. At all. So the spirit of Antichrist is already in the world. But what he's saying is when you can see these things coming out here, you've got to know it's real close. You won't be here for it, but if you can see it coming, you're, you're the generation that knows it's very close. In other words, if you go to the mall and, and the end of September and October and they're putting up Christmas, you, you ever done that before? 
Y'all, raise your hand up, you know. This means yes, no. This means I don't know what you're talking about. I don't care. I want to I go eat some chicken. I mean, how many of you went to the mall in October and, and they had Christmas soap? So what does that tell you? Christmas is on its way. But we're so close that when we see Christmas on the way, we might say, oh, my God, have I missed Thanksgiving? We didn't even have the turkey dressing yet. So all these things that we think are, has to happen before Jesus comes to get us is not. They're, they're not the signs for him coming to get us. We don't need a sign. These are just signals. These are the birth pains that he talked about that a mother has before she has a child. He says, so if you can see that, you're knowing that you're already seeing the signs of the end of the seven-year tribulation, not him coming to get us. So what you're doing right now, boy, I'm jumping into week number three, is you are writing your resume for what you're going to be doing in the millennium. So if you're doing nothing down here, you'll have probably no rule or authority or anything for a thousand years on the earth. Oh. It's like, you know, Joe Marsh that we always laugh at him and he teaches this all the time. He says, you know, I, he, he says he's coming soon. So, man, look busy. <laughs> <laughs> he said, look busy. He said, otherwise you might be. He said, you know, I don't want to. He said, I don't want to run a weed eater. For a thousand years, and here he said, There goes Uncle Joe. Huh? So you are you are looking, you are placing yourself in position for what you're gonna be doing for a thousand years. Absolutely. Amen. So it's time to roll up your sleeves and go to work, not to be afraid. You're not gonna be here for this stuff. Amen. That is that is tremendous news. Amen. Amen. So my only point of this is, is yes, we, we, we are, yes, we know the, the government was instituted. Yes, we know that there's laws of the land. Yes, we're, we're doing it here. If you want to come here, you want to check us out. You know, if, if you rode with someone, you can sit with them. If you can't sit with them here, don't go home with them. <laughs> right? But other than that, we, we, we're not touched. We ain't done. We're doing all that. To, but if, but if, it, if they write a law that says, if they write a law, if you say, well, I'm just obeying the law of the land. Well, the law of the land is called the Constitution. Says that there's no mayor, there's no sheriff, there's no prayer of the United States this, because you had the First Amendment and the Second Amendment. We have the, the legal, lawfully right to assemble, and no one can say anything about it. That's right. That is the law of the land. That is the law of the land. Hmm? And God's coming for the, the glorious church. Now, the, now you're already the glorious church without spot or wrinkle. People say, well, we're, we're about to become glorious. No, you're, you're already the glorious. Yes. Now it's, just, it's, it's time to go out and, and be the demonstration of that. Amen. 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 So, <clears throat> we did all right? Yes. I dropped my book. I don't know where we are. Maybe that was the, the Lord helping me close here. I don't know how to leave. But we didn't even get to the big parts yet. Uh, let me give you these, uh, real quickly, these... The seven proofs of pre-tribulation. We was on number, anyone know? We was on number five? Okay, number six. Well, we're not appointed unto wrath, we said, but appointed unto blessing. We've been redeemed by the blood and the word of our testimony. Now, number six. He said, as in the days of Noah, so it shall be as the son of man, for as the days... Uh, before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until Noah entered into the ark. So probably what we can see is he's not coming today because the, uh, the, the world's hunkered down in their home. They're told to go home. They're, they're, they're told to quarantine themselves. 
He says, when I come, it'll be just like in the days of Noah. He said, they'll be out. They're doing marriages. How I many of y'all seen some of the marriages they're doing, on, they're doing now? I'm like, yeah, like a drive-by birthday or a drive-by marriage. Uh, I was watching one the other day. I'm thinking, man, I wouldn't even marry someone like that. There was like 10 people out there, and they're all dressed up, and they look like astronauts. <laughs> they, 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 had, they had suits on there. Do you take this one? What? Do you take this woman to be your wife? What? I don't want to say I'm going to do something if you No, I mean, the, have y'all seen any of that? Oh, yeah. Yep. Well, good. I know y'all don't watch 10 TV. Praise the Lord. I'm trying to get rid of my carnality. But anyway, yeah, there's 10 people out there and they're all dressed up, you know, in these suits and they have on these big, I mean, it looks like they look like astronauts. And so he, but he says, but when he comes, it'll be just like the days of Noah. The people were out and about and they were doing life and they were unaware yeah. of what was about to happen. And, the, and, it says, and they knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall it also be when the Son of Man will come. Yay. So in Noah's day, the ark was the type of salvation. That's what the ark was the type of. It was preparation from those who were God's people, the righteous God's people, from those who weren't. So the ark was a place of safety, escape, salvation from the wrath of God. And so Noah was put in the ark. And then the Bible said that God, with the angelic host, the angelic host will be, will be working with us in the rapture. God said, it's time. He said, Noah, get in the ark. An angel came and sealed the ark. An angel did. Noah was like, no, pull, pull, pull. Now put a little crack filler. No, the, the angel shut the door and he sealed the ark, it said. And then the first drop of rain fell. As the day, so he said, as it was in, in the days of Lot. Remember Lot? Remember him? He was a lot of trouble. But the Bible said the angels hurried Lot and his family out of the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. He told them, they said, okay, well, let's start packing. The angel said, uh-uh. And he started getting by the napping deck and started pulling him like this right here. The angels was hurrying him out saying, this thing's about to be destroyed. So the angels hurried Lot and his family out, moved him swiftly. And then when, the, when God said, when the angels got him within a, within a distance, fire and brimstone hit Sodom and Gomorrah and it was destroyed. But what did he get out first? He got the righteous out. Mm, good news, huh? They warned him, and then they hurried him along from fire and brimstone. These are two types of the rapture in the Old Testament, and angels were involved. Number seven, this is not really a sign in the sense of, you would say, prophetically, pr prophecy, but it's probably the best sign. You want it? I guess we'll stop here, but I still got 15 more pages of notes. But we'll stop here. It's called the dominion of Christ in the church. Now, Adam had total dominion. Total dominion over this planet. God put him in dominion, but we know that he sold out. We know he sold his allegiance. We know that he sold himself out in the whole race. And so he... He, he sold it over to Satan, and Satan became the God of this world, true? 
Long story short, Jesus came and he got us back, bought us back and paid the price and brought us back to Christ. And he, he gave us back the dominion that was lost by Adam and gave it back. He had it and he's the head and we're the body. So in Revelations uh, 1 and 2, he said, I was dead, but I'm alive. Not many people do that, do they? Have a funeral and they come back a few days later and said, y'all remember Thursday we had that funeral? <laughs> nah. You think, do I have to get the check back? <laughs> well, in Revelation 1 and 2, said, he said, I am, I am he who is dead and alive. And I died and I rose again and I took the keys of death and I took the keys of hell and I took the keys to the grave. I was dead, but he said, I'm risen from the dead. I'm the first and the last. I'm the alpha and the omega. And he said, I have all authority and I have all authority in heaven and earth and beneath the earth. So he took all the dominion back, right? And he is the head and we are the body. So how can the Antichrist come take over while we're here? When he has, when God has all the authority through Jesus, the head of the church, and you the body. Yay. How can the Antichrist start his one world order with you on the earth? And the long and short answer is he can't. He is not in charge when this thing happens. That's why he has to keep someone in the bullpen all the time. And then these suckers die off and he has to go send another one to school. So the Antichrist, you would think, is always in the earth. He's, he's here right now. And it's a he. It's not Hillary Clinton. Are <laughs> oh, y'all now have said that? Hallelujah. It's, not, it's a man who will be a homosexual. But it won't bother the world because they're, they're used to that now. See, because we're already desensitized. That's scriptural. He's, he's, he's homosexual. And so, but that won't bother anybody. And he'll come, looks like he has all the answers of peace. And they'll say, peace, peace, we got him. And they'll sign the little deals and it'll be the worst thing that ever, ever, ever could have taken place. So, so he took dominion back. He said, I'm the, I'm, he's the head, Christ the head, we're the body. So the Antichrist can't take over if there's just one Holy Ghost-filled Christian on the earth. So in other words, if, if Dennis was the only person on the earth, only one out of seven billion people, the Antichrist can't come because it's just Dennis. Den, Dennis by himself can hold off all, every demon from hell and the Antichrist from taking over. Just, just Dennis. <laughs> Now, he'd like a little stuff to help him, <laughs> but he can't do this. He can't do this. So you see the spirit of the Antichrist setting this all up. Look, you, you can't sustain a nation in them sending you checks. The, the gross domestic product for, for, for our nation for this year of what comes in to what goes out, you know, you know what it is? At the end of the year, they're hoping by the third and fourth quarter to turn some of this around. But out of 100%, we're going to owe 101.9% out of 100%. It's like, send me a check. Well, I, I didn't sign up for a check for the church. I had people say, you ought to sign this up and get it. Uh, I'm not saying as an individual or a business, but I'm saying but as a church. Because the same people who can send you a check, and if you take the check as a church, yep. and if you were here for any part towards the very end, you, you could become a state church and they'll tell you what you can do and you can't do. 
So keep your money. Amen. I'm going to trust God. Hallelujah. I'm going to believe in them transactions that Pastor Billings was talking about. Amen. Well, one thing, quit getting us credit. They probably will. But I, I, I don't give because I can count it on my taxes, do you? I mean, it's a blessing if you can, but, you know, whatever. So, uh, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So Satan has to literally wait till we, the body of Christ, are off the earth before he can accomplish what he wants to do. You are the light of the world and you are the salt of the earth. One Christian can hold every demon back from bringing destruction because light extinguished darkness and the kingdom of darkness cannot prevail against the church. So the church has to leave before Satan can do anything that he plans to do in the earth. There's not a thing he can do because you're here. I got one, two, three, four, five, six more pages. But we can't do them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God's good. I tell you, this is, a, this is good news. This is good news if you're born again. Now, when we talk about the tribulation, it won't sound this fun. If you don't know Christ. So there couldn't be, a, there couldn't be two more opposites of what's going to be going on during those two seven-year periods. People say, well... You know, but there's going to, some believe, say, well, we don't know about all that because about the rapture or did it mean this and this because some things it talks about governments and something talks about the Holy Spirit, something talks about the church. Well, it can't be talking about, it, it can't be talking about, it can't be talking about governments because there's going to be governments in charge during the tribulation through the Antichrist. Can't be talking about the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost is going to still be here. The Holy Ghost is here the whole time during tribulation because people are going to be getting saved. You know, the 144,000, there's going to be 12,000 out of every tribe is going to be saved. Who, who are going to be the priests? Who are going to be doing the preaching? They are because they're going to say, he was the Messiah. And so, and so the Holy Ghost is going to be working with those to get them saved who, who, who comes through that. Many won't. So many won't. So many won't, but they will. And it can't be talking about us because we won't be here. We're, we're so out of here. So you'll be sitting at the marriage supper of the Lamb and you'll be in the presence of the Lord in your glorified body. And after the end of seven years, that will be the second event and then we're going to come back with Jesus on a white horse. And there's going to be one battle. The battle takes 60 minutes. Now the Lord don't need 60 minutes, but he wants to have a little fun with it and draw it out just a little bit. I got the scripture, boy. I wish that you mean. I've studied hard for this thing. I, I want them six pages, but I, but I'm, I'm gonna have mercy on y'all. Hallelujah. And the Lord said, Jesus is gonna end it. He said he's gonna blow on them, and the beauty of his glory is gonna come, and he's gonna blow on the Antichrist and everyone here who opposed him, and it's all gonna be over like that. So I don't think we we fight. But we're on a we're on a big white horse. Hmm. Now this is just fun to to ask because people say, well, that doesn't sound. Why would we come on a horse for a war? Because the the world's so advanced. Well, did you, uh, did you watch what happened in Desert Storm when they tried to take our tanks out there? They got all bogged down, and they found out horses were more effective. So I don't think we'll be fighting at all. But during Armageddon, the blood will, will go so it comes up to the horse's bridle, right? 
So we're going we're, we're, we're gonna to be on Clydesdales. Now, that's just my, the West translation. <laughs> if, you don't, if you watch it on Facebook, this is, I always try to insert this. It's not in the Bible. If you look for it, you won't find it. But I believe we'll be on Clydesdales. It's going to have to be a big horse. We've been eating for seven years nonstop. I mean, you can't, you can't come down here on no Shetland pony. It's going to hold you up after eating for seven years. It's going to be one of them big, fat Budweiser horses that got saved. <laughs> Can I come teach this at your church? <laughs> I mean, how would you like to be the horse from, for a man and woman ate seven years nonstop and said, giddy up. <laughs> <laughs> Kick him in the side. Horse weighs 1,500 pounds, you weigh 18. Say, get him up! <laughs> so, of course, Satan is going to, and the Antichrist is going to give, we're going to come down and say, you want, you want a piece of us? <laughs> Hallelujah. So, here's the news. It's all good. It's all good. So, I want to appeal to you. If you don't know Jesus, make Jesus the Lord of your life today. Absolutely. Jesus paid all your paid for every sin. God gave His best. He could. Joe Mars said this years ago. He said, "I don't know if God has these things, but He could have gave His He could have gave His cousin, His nephew, or His bird dog if He had them, but He didn't. He gave His very best. He gave His son Jesus, and He did that because He wanted many sons. He has already predestined you to be a son of God, but time's running out." Time is running out. So I plead you, I implore you, if you don't know Jesus today, ask him, Lord, be the Lord of my life. Come into my heart. Save me. He'll wash all your sins away. You'll be made a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things will be passed away. All things will become new. And let Jesus be the Lord of your life. Don't stay here. Don't go through the rapture. Hell was never made for you. It was made for Satan and his bunch. Heaven needs to be your home. So if you just simply say with me, Lord Jesus, save me. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Your name's written down in the Lamb's Book of Life, and you will be with in heaven for eternity. That's the good news. Amen? Amen. Well, God bless you. We're uh, thrilled that you're here today. Yeah. We trust that the Word helped us and blessed us. Yeah. And go share Jesus with someone. Amen? Amen. Share, share the good. This is what we have to do. We have to share the good news. Uh, don't just so you if you're at home use your time don't I mean you might be putting a crossword puzzle together uh, and that's okay but spend some time in the word read some things find out what's going on find out who you are you know become bold in these things hallelujah I mean Matt's went places before and different ones on mission trips and I was talking to Pastor C the other day and you know and had to lay hands on people that you know, where this was oozing out of their face and their heads and you're laying hands on them and you're like, man, if COVID-19 had a body and legs, it, it would have ran away from these people. <laughs> and it's, you, you see what I'm saying? You know, I, I said this the other day and I, we're off the air, but I've had to, in pastoring, I, I could think three or four times I had to be present with people to talk pistols and shotguns away from their head with me in the room. How am I going to do that online? I've had to be with people who's taken their life, who was ready to swallow 125 pills and finally got it out of their hands and we flushed them down the commode. And then I had to hold them for two hours while they wept and cried because they couldn't see life being any better and the, 
than it was and just afraid that it was going to be that much worse tomorrow. How am I going to do that online? Could I tell them, don't touch me? Even though they need you. So he said, as the days are approaching, we don't need to meet less. We need to meet more, especially when the days are approaching. Amen. Amen. We need to find out who we are in Christ if we don't know and become bold in it. That don't mean that we're going to throw ourselves off cliff to prove anything. You know, that's what the devil did. He said, well, if, if you say you're up there, you're up there, angels do that. Well, that's, we're not tempting the Lord like that. But we've got to know who we are. He said, believers will lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. My job is to create you and you strength and truth and knowledge to go do the work of the ministry. Your job is just not to come hear me. I'm not trying to build an audience. I'm not trying to build a following. But we're here to disciple people so they'll go out to the four corners of the earth and preach the gospel because he's coming soon. So what we have left is this small sliver of time. The next event is called the rapture and nothing has to happen. And God, by his grace, is saying, I'm giving you so much time. So you're looking at all those signals out there. That's the second coming. That ain't me coming to meet you in there. So if you can see the, the events of what's going to happen after seven years, how close are you to leaving? And you're the generation that was alive when Israel became a nation. And if you do the math, you've only got 20-something years if you wait to the 100th, 100th year. So we've got to get busy, church. We've got a job to get done. Amen? Love you. Appreciate y'all being here. Appreciate the buildings. They're such a blessing. Yeah, I called him today and I said, well, you want to get up sometime and do this? He says, yeah, we'll get up pretty soon. I'll be there in nine minutes. I said, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we'd love to appreciate them. I used to, I used to tell my wife, I said, boy, you women talk. Y'all, y'all don't ever quit talking, but I, I can't say that more we get on the phone. It's like, you know, like the calendar turned. He talks and I just make notes and he talks and I make notes. And that's why I'm so smart. And I asked the Lord, I said, well, it, it just doesn't seem right that he got all that wisdom and, and all that. And the Lord says, well, I didn't shortchange you, son. I says, well, what did I get? He said, well, go look in the mirror. And I said, well, yeah, but I mean, you know, just, just being tall, dark, and handsome, I mean, in everything. Are y'all laughing at me or with me? <laughs> Amen. Amen. Love y'all. God bless you.